You're listening to In the Open, a Mental Health America podcast, a space where we explore mental health and navigate the challenges of life through honest and candid conversation. Welcome back, everybody, to In the Open with America and Teresa. Hi, everyone. Today, we're going to finish out our trauma series, talking about trauma and connecting with others. I'm interested to hear from you how you think we've progressed to where we are today because we've talked a lot about all the different aspects of trauma and I'm excited about the idea that where we're ending up is really getting to the place of connecting with others. Yeah. I mean, three years ago when we first started this journey, I couldn't even say I love you. When we started this trauma series, I was coming on the tail end of confronting a lot of trauma with people in my life. I've had a couple of visits with people. What's been interesting is that I was able to talk about my stuff without crying, without running away, without doing what I do normally, which is take care of my the people who hurt me. Mm. Like that was a big one. I was like, wow, you hurt me and I'm taking care of you. And that's our default. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, I said what I needed to say and how I felt, and it was about me and my hurt feelings, and I was even mean. But what was amazing about healing was I did not feel guilty about it. And I say I feel mean, but maybe I was just assertive, but it was appropriate. But the guilt in you makes me think, oh, I feel mean or I'm doing something and I'm hurting someone. And like, no, I'm setting my boundaries. I'm saying what I need to say. And that was amazing. I'm sure I feel lighter because of the work that you and I have done together on this show. That's amazing. But when it when I think about community and coming to this session, so one of the things that I think is always hard and it ties right into our theme of fighting in the open mm-hmm. is that during like Me Too or when people come out and they talk about trauma or when I would see people come out and talk about their trauma, I was always so amazed that people could do that. But even just watching people disclose, I always felt fear. I hate the word envy, but maybe I did. Maybe I felt like a little jealous that people seem free. And is that like, is that freedom the first step before connecting with others? Because I was feeling so scared and so that I isolated and that was easier. It was easier to feel scared and alone and isolated than to take the risk to share what was in my heart and in my mind and my feelings and my needs so that I could connect with others. This idea of putting yourself out there in any way, being able to claim your space and say, this is what has happened. This is what I need to do from here on. I could totally understand how you could, the feelings that you had tied to like envy, right? Like, how are you able to do that? And I'm here. Like, oh, how are you able to do that? Yeah. So how? How are you able? How were you able to take that first step to be vulnerable with large groups of people? <laughs> it's scary, right? Part of, t- yes, it's so scary. It's not, it's, I would be more concerned if, if the person wasn't scared because then that that shows that there's real emotion tied to whatever experience you're, you're having, right? Yeah. And part of that, I think, is also connected to this idea that when we do share our story and we share our, our, share our vulnerability with others, then 
in that same space, we're creating the opportunity for someone in a very similar space where we were in step one to say, oh, wait, how are you able to do that? Yeah. Um, so you're linking, you're linking experiences together to help pull people out of similar spaces. That's, that's what I think has gotten me through some spaces that I just never felt I could be open in sharing. So when you think about your life and places where you were connecting with others, mm-hmm. you know, maybe larger groups of people, what comes to mind? On a professional side, it's when I do like my community outreach events and I'm talking to people. Mm, that doesn't count. Just kidding. Just Wait, kidding. It does. <laughs> Just kidding. I know it does. Okay, tell me. But my instinct is like, what? That's a job. No, <laughs> okay, it no. is. No. Tell me. I'm going to tell you why it's linked to to my professional personal experience. Because when I go out into these spaces, I'm very cognizant of what it means that I, as a person that I am, being a Latina, being a woman, is able to own that space and speak from a place of experience. That for me is so important, especially when I'm talking to communities of other Latinos, other immigrants, and they're like, oh, wow, this person actually knows what they're talking about. So that ties to my personal experience as well. But the idea of, of helping in that space and connecting, it's so much more powerful because yeah. you're able to give tools. You're giving tools to people to help themselves. You're giving back. Yeah. And that, that in, in many ways, that's a little selfish, right? Because I know that it's a good thing for me too. Yeah. I so don't discount my professional experience. What I said <laughs> now, I fully one hundred percent take back because I, you're right. I hear what you're saying, and I think that's right. Because when we're alone, and like these seasons, you maybe want to be alone, or you're scared, mm-hmm. and honestly, it's too much to go and find friends <laughs> or like try yep. and connect in the space. But something that's easy to do, where you can be around others, is to volunteer or to be in a giving space because there's always someone who needs a person to help them. Like I need them. And you're also reflecting in that time about how they're giving back to you as much as you totally, give back to them. Totally. Yeah. That's so beautiful. In in the personal frame of this and connecting with others, I knew I could easily sit by myself and not be alarmed by anything. When I was like, dude, you need to connect with people. Yeah. Why? Because it's important to have and share experiences with others and create that community. So for me, I sought those out like through like the meetups and things of that nature, you know? I know some folks find that like on Reddit or on Discord and you're just connecting with people. And in real life, not to discount the communities that are are online, but in real life, when you can sit with someone and share that adds to your ability to, in the long long run, connect with people on a deeper level. I'm totally in my brain walking through what you're saying and how much of my personality, <laughs> my traumatic experiences probably dictate the way I choose to connect to others. Because mm-hmm. what you're describing, like putting yourself out there, going to volunteer by yourself, meeting new people at a meetup, I would say that's the hardest thing to do. Yeah. Which is probably why I avoided it. And then 
the only way I was connecting early on was with safe spaces, like in the sense that I would go with a friend to a new place. So I always Mm -hmm. back up, like I never had to put myself out there to just meet new people, you know, but meeting new people and forcing myself to talk is by far the hardest thing to do, but it's really, really, really good because it's taught me to be less awkward. Look, right. But that's like I, part I of totally learning to feel communicate that. and not be yes. awkward in myself, anxious in my brain, anxious in my head. And honestly, I, I like full full truth, it's still like that. Like even as I meet new people. We went on a work trip recently. It was so awkward. I felt so awkward the whole time. Did you feel awkward? I feel that. I feel less awkward. I felt so awkward. Because of these experiences that I've had. I was at an event um, this past weekend and some people were invited to this event that are not really connected in any way to our family or anything like that. So they were kind of strangers. And immediately you could tell you're you're like in a room like, oh my God, I should just be at home. <laughs> you could see it in their face. And because I've been in that space, I wanted to make sure that they felt super involved and comforted by the fact like, it's okay. I know this is a lot, but at least you have one person that is here listening and paying attention to you. And so that I could only know that by, by having had my previous experiences, right. And being that one person, but I don't want to discount in any way how much community you can get from places like the early part, you know, like even Yahoo Messenger groups. You remember like Yahoo groups? Now you go into the You're Reddit. Aging forums. yourself. I know. I know <laughs> that I am. Groups. You're in Yahoo groups. I wasn't, but I know that there are others out there. I was on AOL. That's even way older. AOL. <laughs> yeah. You've got mail. So if you haven't <laughs> you don't know what I'm talking about, go and Google it. But like the Discord channels that are created now where people feel so connected and haven't ever met in real life, even that is a step towards allowing yourself to exist um, as as open as you want to in those spaces, right? Why is it hardest with strangers? Because I don't think I feel scared with strangers. I just feel awkward. And then where I get scared is when I have to talk. And if I have to talk about something really personal, if I could be fake (laughs) and just do a presentation on X, Y, or Z, oh, it's solid. I'm so good. But if you have to actually show up as yourself and show a piece of yourself, then that's an issue. Is it the fear of rejection? I think it's the fear of rejection. I also think it's the fear of feeling awkward because awkward is seen as something negative and the reality is we all are awkward awkward. we're all awkward what is the fear of rejection the fear of rejection is the fear that someone doesn't like you that it's that it's the truth that you're unlikable or unlovable (laughs) is that what it means (laughs) oh yeah is that what goes on in our brain we're like oh my gosh i'm put myself out there and people aren't gonna like me yes yeah have you been in experiences where you put yourself out there and it and it didn't go <laughs> it didn't go well? Yeah. <laughs> what was that like? I remember this particular event. I so I was I was in the 
the frame of like, I'm going to go meet new people. I'm going to go meet people like me, okay? Oh, All gung-ho. Yeah. And I went to this event. And it was it was kind of like a professional networking, but with the opportunity to find new friends, okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I stepped into this place and I was like, oh my God, I don't belong here. These are not my people. I'm not. And then I was like, oh my God, America. So all this internal talk is happening like the minute I walk in the door and I was like, stay 20 minutes. All you have to do is 20 minutes. And I forced myself to literally be there 20 minutes and I tried to engage in conversation. I was by myself. I didn't have a buddy with me, which probably would have made it easier because I would have had somebody that was dedicated to talking to me, right? But I tried to connect with a couple of people. We had like very stupid, boring conversation. How's the weather? Blah, blah. Nothing substantial. And then I kind of was sitting in a corner and I was like, okay, it's time to go. And I I went home and I remember coming out of that. I was like, why did it feel so awkward for you to be in that space? And after I started thinking about it, it was, it was like my shadow self. That really wasn't me. That's me pretending to be all like professional and, and all this. No, I wanted to be with real people. That So I walked away feeling like you need to find spaces where mm-hmm. I love reading. I should go find a place where we can go read together, you know, not yeah. chit-chatting about networking and all that. You joined something because you thought you were supposed to do it, but it felt fake. Yeah, it felt disingenuous. So yeah. I had to find a space that was better equipped, like I was better equipped to be in that space and be like, now these are my people. Yeah. And I did. It, when you were describing that story, I probably brought up like 10 different events where <laughs> I've been in that situation and my natural instinct and almost 99% of the time what I did is I sat in a corner. Mm-hmm. I, like my avoidance rate, like my avoidance, whatever habit gets so high. I'm just very comfortable sitting in a corner, probably being behind like something that comforts me. Yeah. So I can pretend like I'm fitting in, you know, but ultimately not not really talking to that many people and not doing what I'm supposed to do. But but I had to also I also came back one memory of I had a lot of bullying experiences as a child. Yeah. But one of them in particular, I was invited to a slumber party. Oh no. I know. Why does that sentence already just bring up bad memories and just if you are if you're invited to a slumber party for people you're not sure are your friends this is probably what's gonna happen but I went to the slumber party and there were a lot of people there who were just there Hmm. but there were also as like the birthday girl and whatever her closer friends and I don't know why I thought I was gonna try to be friends with them and that Hmm. just did not go well they were so mean Hmm made me do things or say things that were uncomfortable as a way to bully me. And I don't know why I stayed there as long as I did. But eventually I was like, what am I doing? Leave this room, go downstairs, go to sleep, wake up the next day, leave this place. Get out of here. Yeah. And it was the first time I was young. I was probably in like third grade. It was the first time 
it's a core memory for me because mm-hmm. it was probably the first time I was really bullied in that intense way and where I felt this is what it feels like to put yourself out there and to get hurt mm. by putting yourself out there. It makes me think of my best friends that are still my best friends. We didn't start out as best friends. We started out just kind of casual acquaintances when we were when we were young, like um one of them I've known since fifth grade. Mm-hmm. So we, you know, <laughs> there was no like real substance, but we just like talking to one another. And that helped me build up confidence to yeah. find other friends and talk to other people. I think in some ways, because I'm shorter, you know, I've always been short. I've never, I'm 4'11", I'm going to be 4'11", forever. I think I've been 4'11 since fifth grade. It's just part of, of who I am. And so that, in many ways, people would try to to bully me with that, you know, and to counteract any negative feelings. I just, I guess I puff myself up like the little chihuahua, you know, and be like, forget that, yo. You want a chihuahua? I'll give you is a Rottweiler. You built, is that where you originally built your confidence, your fighting, your yeah. fighting stance? That's pretty awesome. And it, it's tied to that vulnerability piece, babe. Yeah. I really am appreciative looking back in my life that I didn't let that shape me too much. Mm. I don't know why. I think because I was naive and because I was already dealing with trauma at home, mm-hmm. which was maybe because if I wasn't dealing with trauma at home, I would probably overemphasize the trauma I was experiencing at school. Yeah, yeah. But that doesn't negate that those experiences were bad. But the next time somebody was like just a friend or whatever, and it was easier, it was just one friend. I feel like we've talked about this in other episodes about making friends and connections. That one friend. People don't have a lot of friends. You just have one friend. You at least one friend that you're trying to find this person that you can connect with and lean on in your life. You know, um, and and then, and then as you grow up, we we feel lucky. We have like five friends in our lives in our lives in the scope of your life where you're like oh this person really knows you and cares about you and and that does it that does make me leaning on that memory I should try that next time I go into a room full of strangers Mm -hmm. to just to hold the thought of the people that you love to be brave and go into this other space and meet other people yeah you know how I tie this to all of the trauma we experience and all the stuff that we carry with um, within ourselves, a part of it is being able to, you know, you've unearthed all this crap that you may have dealt with and you're still dealing with it in, in different layers, right? In different levels of intensity. But when you're ready to speak openly about it, move to a space that it's not as harmful to you as it was before, then you're enabling, you're opening that tiny door into who you are as a person to allow others to see you in, in your fuller self. And mm-hmm. that takes time too. It's not just something that like, oh, one day, ta-da, everything's magical and everything's changed. It's, it's, it's a process to get you to that spot where you feel completely okay of saying, I'm not exactly sure of what this will look like, but I'm going to try it because I know I need to talk to other people. Yeah. I need to connect with people. When you think about the context of your own mental health, have you Mm. done mental health-related connections? 
support groups um yeah i've done i've done some group activities and i i I remember being at the beginning just kind of a listener you know Mm -hmm. just sitting there not really sure i'm not really sure i should be here and then over time i was like oh my god these are so my people and i should have been here a long time ago and eventually to a place where i was just like this is who i am this is and and hearing from them the complexity of the things that they may struggle with and the points of connection with my complexity. I was like, oh man, great. It's not just me. Fabulous. I I think that's why I really love AA or Mm -hmm. NA. They are different groups, but the whole Alcoholics Anonymous Anonymous groups, I feel like is a little less pressure because you can just show up and say, hi, I'm Teresa and I'm an addict. And sit there and watch, and they have the different. I don't know if you've ever been. Have you been to AA meetings? I haven't been to AA or or NA. Like they have different things, right? So when I first started, I was going to a normal traditional meeting. I thought that was like, oh, this is cool because you could just go and say hi and listen, just like you're saying, mm-hmm. you know. But watching and listening to other people until you feel kind of inspired. But what I also learned is they have different things, like they do. There are there are AA meetings where they do this thing called a daily devotional, and it feels very much like a Bible study. So it was a very interesting time where I was like, maybe I was at church. That was a way to connect, but maybe I wasn't going to church. AA was a ritual that replaced some of the activity mm-hmm. in the context of my mental health. And like it really helped me to just know that I had somewhere to go. Like, and is that what? You know, when we think about culture and community too, I think connecting with others is about creating a habit, like whether you're going to get up and you say, I'm going to run with this person every day. This is my running club, or mm-hmm, this is my mm-hmm. discord group. We know, I know I'm going to see them every Thursday. Yeah. This is my gaming group. This is my, this is AA. Like I know I'm going to show up. I'm going to do my daily devotional. And that ritual was super helpful. But at least for me, like the easiest of the group forms to kind of walk into a space that was already set up. I didn't have to. I also knew what it's going to look like because you can look up a lot of information online to see mm-hmm. what it looks like before you go in. But that it was very different than like a mental health support group where you're like, I don't know why it was a little scarier because that's like a therapist, you know, and like eight people. Whereas sometimes with AA groups, you can walk into 30 people and, and kind of like hide 30, in a crowd. Yeah. 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 And I think it is different. And what I'm taking away from what you're saying is this idea of ritual. It's so important to getting you to move in a direction of connection because then through ritual and whether that is like you going to church, even you going and connecting with your family, you know, as much as you want to isolate and protect yourself in isolation, because many times that's what it is the aspect of making yourself and pushing yourself to say, no, I know I have to do this on Friday. I know I feel like crap every time I'm gonna, you know, get myself psyched up to do it. But at the end, it's a a good experience. You're setting yourself up for success. Yeah. And outside of NA or other groups, there's groups like grief support groups, divorce support groups, step parents, support groups, things of that nature. All of those for me were useful in hearing that some of the struggles that maybe I was having were so common 
that I was just like, wow, okay, that that's validation. And the other was finding somebody within that group that I could connect with on, on a deeper level yeah. and walk away and be like, hey, you actually could be my friend. Or a sponsor. Yeah, yeah. Or a mentor or pastor mm-hmm. or, yeah, or a friend. Yeah. And that's really beautiful, you know, because I think that's what part of the goal is when you connect with others in a larger group is maybe you can just walk away with one additional connection Person. in your pocket. Totally. Yeah. For me, that that's success, that I can walk away having something tangible, even if it's maybe it's not a, you know, a person's phone number or something like that, but something tangible that helps me validate you did a good thing by coming here. Have you been in a time in your life where you were missing connection and community and ritual? I'm in that rut right now. My community is chores Mm. and Netflix and my immediate family. Like, and many people say, well, that is connecting with others. I have people I'm connecting with, but because I've been in community connection, you can, you can see the distinction. I feel the difference. Yeah. Because even with my family, like my children, I'm there with them in the space, but we're not sharing. We're not breaking bread. We're not and in moments I can with my husband, I hope to do that with my children, you know, like, is that, is that the spirit of it, of it? Because if I was, it's like the word is connecting with others. It's not being in the presence of others, right? It's not just like yeah. about being in the present. What do you leave with? Does, does this activity fill your soul, your heart? Does it make you feel more whole than when you started? You I know, think we can Teresa, get caught up and be around a lot of people, but not feel fed. Yeah, because we're not connecting. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I would say I'm I'm in a similar space. I think part of that is tied to the last couple of years of having to limit your circle. The other day, I had this thought, and I was like, "You do other stuff, like <laughs> you you like all these other things, like." I like photography. I love photography. And I was like, why don't you take a photography class or you, or writing poetry, whatever it is, right? And yeah. I said to myself, why why haven't you done any of that? And and I started thinking, it is because of the of the things that we've all lived through within the last few years. But mm. now I'm like, okay, if I'm recognizing that I need more community, I have to go and seek it out. Yeah. So are you going to do it? Yeah, I'm going to try to find something in the new year. Ooh. Yeah. (laughs) I feel anxious just hearing you say that. Come back to me in March. (laughs) Okay. We're taking a break and we're going to play some old old episodes um, during this break and regroup. But when we're starting in the new year, we're starting with this message of hope. And we're going to talk a lot about positivity, maybe in a better space than we were when we tried. Remember? We did a good job. And um, I think it's good. I think I'm going to settle with, I don't, I'm not where you are. I'm steps behind you where I haven't even thought through like, oh, you're not connected. But I want to Yes, be. you have. I'm going to, I mean, yes and no. Like I don't have, I don't know what hobbies I have. I don't know where I would go to, I don't know what it is, but I know I want it. So I'm going to commit to figuring it out. I think you have your blinders on. You know why? I'm going to tell you why. Okay, what? 
Because when you already, by the fact that you already know that you are in need of community, that's one of the first steps. The okay. second, you already are doing things that are getting you in line to try to connect with others, like connecting with old friends, right? You're doing that. Yeah. But see, the, okay, maybe what I'm saying though is, remember how I told you I feel like there's a difference between when I was connected to a greater community? Yes a cause or a like like church or like yeah, a support yeah. group, a group mm-hmm. of people, shared interests, hobbies. That's like extra, you know? Yeah. I think that's extra special. And it's it different is. than connecting with old friends. That's what I mean. I feel okay. like I've had that in my life. And I was t- I was talking to our mutual friend at work about he about this very feeling. I was like, I don't know. I've kind of lost myself. I've lost my way. And for me, part of this is tied to spirituality too, not religion, but when I connect with larger groups of people, I feel also like a connection with the greaterness yeah. of the universe, with mm-hmm. God, with that peace that comes with that kind of space. And I was I looking you. at videos of people doing like sound baths, baths, sound baths, just like mm-hmm. getting together to be in nature. And I was like, wow. Yeah, I think maybe that was the spirit of the universe telling me that, you know, you you want this. Mm-hmm. You need to go find it. You need to go do it. You need to prioritize yourself and let yourself have this space, you know, where I, I it's been decades since I've done that, since I've allowed myself to be in community with others. I am proud of that for you. Uh, we'll see. I don't know. I'm going to probably think about it for about six more months. <laughs> No, I think what you said something so important. You're you're going to prioritize yourself. Well, th- we just talked about yes taking actions and moving right. actions. So I'm putting in the universe so I can like so I can see that and and I'm going to see it in a positive way. I'm not going to feel afraid. I'm gonna and I'm gonna just put it out there in the universe and we'll see what happens. Fabulous. Yeah, I think it's special. So, all right, happy end of the year, 2022, folks. Keep fighting in the open, everybody. We're gonna catch you in the new year. 